Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. A gender fluid thief is just a thief. What's meant by changes inevitable growth is optional. Is scientism just cover for the spirit of the age or something completely different? And we're going to look at five truths that Steve Dace believes we found out in the past week. All that on a deep dive Thursday here on Critical Thinking. So let's get to doing that critical thinking. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Yes, I am Andrew Coppins, and yes, I am still flying solo. Pat is out with a bout of bronchitis, making it rather difficult for him to speak at the moment, or at least speak for long lengths of time. So he is off this week. I am flying solo. This is a Deep Dive Thursday here on the program. You can follow me on the socials at The Coppins Show, with the exception of Instagram. Instagram is just at Critical Thinking Show. All right, so having said that, of course, you know the drill by now. You can watch the show on the Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. And of course, you can download, subscribe, rate, review, whatever your heart desires when it comes to this show on your favorite podcasting platform. And if for some reason we're not there, please let us know and and we would be happy to make sure that it gets directed to that podcasting platform of your choice. All right. So like I said, it is a deep dive Thursday. And the, the very first piece is the thing that I talked about up front here. Um, a gender fluid thief is, wait for it, just a thief. Now, I understand one of the hottest topics in conservative media. One of the topics that everybody wants to talk about is gender, 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 because it is part and parcel of the problem we have culturally with the spirit of the age, with our society, more generally speaking. And I get the the want to tie every single thing into this. I understand that we you're going to want to hammer the point home that this is all insane, this is all dumb, and that it is antithetical to objective reality. And we've talked about this a thousand times on the show. There is a there is a set in this country, in the West, especially in the West, that wants you to believe subjective reality must become objective reality. And I'm going to use that as an example later on in this program as well. But over the course of the past 48 hours or so, there's a story that has developed about a wait for it. Now, wait for this a deputy assistant secretary of the Office of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition inside the United States Department of Energy. Sam Brinton. This individual is um, either gender fluid, non-binary, whatever the hell term you want to use, right? And if you've paid attention 
to what's been going on. This was one of the most controversial hires that has happened in the bureaucracy of the United States government. And it has nothing to do, by the way, with this person being gender fluid, non-binary, whatever the bullshit subjective reality this person wants to live in. It has to do with this person being an absolute asshole. It has to do with this person being a thief. And this is a bone that I need to pick with the conservative, the libertarian movement. I have a very distinct question for you. What in the absolute hell does this person's gender identity have to do with anything? Let me explain. The person has alleged, Sam Britton, to have stolen a luggage bag at the Minneapolis-St. Paul um, airport back in September and then lied about it repeatedly to the police and is now being charged with a felony for having stolen this item. Uh, very, 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 very simple question. Did this person do this because they were non-binary, gender fluid? Or did they do it because they're a total asshole? I'm going to go with the latter. But every single right-wing libertarian-leaning outlet flew with this story, ran with it, if you will, ran with the story, and the story is made out to be that it's because this person is gender fluid or non-binary. If this person was white, if this, well, they are white, if this person was black or Asian or Hispanic or Native American or any other thing, is that what you would lead this story off with? No. The reason this thing is a story is because this person is a public employee. That's the reason this is a story, my friends. Now, the background of this individual, having likely been hired simply because of whatever subjective reality they want to live in, that's a separate story in and of itself. The judgment of the government to hire this individual in the very beginning is another story that we need to talk about. Yes, it is true. This individual is non-binary, gender fluid, whatever bullshit term they want to use, right? But I want you to listen to the story here. Because as the Daily Wire points out, Britain, Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Office of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition in the United States Department of Energy. Now, you were the Deputy Assistant Secretary which means you are one, two, three, maybe four layers down the secretary of the Office of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition, which also reports to one, two, three, four, five layers up the food chain as well. The fact that this person is 10th on the totem pole and is making these headlines suggests two things. Again, to my point before, that this individual is an asshole, 
and that this individual only got their job simply because of some fulfillment of a leftist ideological bent. Because we also know that this person has a history of absolute insane stuff that would have precluded in a normal, objective reality world, precluded them from becoming the Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Office of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition in the DAE or DOE. But Britain allegedly removed a luggage tag from a navy blue Vera Bradley suitcase bag, drop it, dropped it into his handbag, and then quote unquote left the area at a quick pace on September 16th of 2022, according to a criminal complaint reported by Alpha News. Now, the uh, an energy department spokesperson told The Hill that, quote, Sam Britton is on leave from DOE and Dr. Kim Petrie is performing the duties of Deputy Assistant Secretary of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition. Now, MSP International Airport Authorities, that's Minneapolis-St. Paul, confirmed to the Daily Wire an investigation involving Sam Britton is underway. Look, Britton is... Wholly unqualified for this position to begin with. Never should have been around the federal government. Never should have been around the bureaucracy of the United States of America, let alone the Department of Energy. Okay, that's. But the story gets weirder because Britain. Um, reportedly flew into MSP with American Airlines just before 4.30 p.m. on the on September 16th from Washington, D.C. According to the complaint, Britain traveled without a checked bag, indicating he had no purpose to claim a bag after landing. The complaint alleges Britain left the airport in an Uber, checked into the Intercontinental St. Paul Riverfront Hotel with a blue bag. Now, I've seen that hotel. It is a phenomenal hotel. I, I will just let you know that. <clears throat> Britain then returned to MSP two days later on September 18th and flew back to Washington, D.C. with that same bag. I mean, Britain is telling people, by the way, that um, this was just an innocent accident and, and mistook that bag for his. But records and video surveillance show the suitcase belonged to a female passenger who flew into the, the MSP on a Delta flight from New Orleans that day. According to a report, she notified law enforcement that her bag and the contents inside, valued at around $2,325, had gone missing in the baggage claim area on the same day that Britain allegedly took the luggage. Nearly three weeks later, the criminal complaint alleges video surveillance footage from Dulles International Airport in Virginia captured Britain returning from Europe with the bag on October 9th. So, folks... Wait for this, because authorities contacted Britain on that same day asking if he took anything that didn't belong to him. The answer that Britain gave was no, not that I know of, but then later admitted that he did take the bag. Quote, if I had taken the wrong bag, I am happy to return it, but I don't have any clothes for another individual. That was my clothes when I opened the bag, he told police, according to the complaint. So for three weeks, this individual knew that he stole something. From somebody, allegedly, 
because uh, innocent until proven guilty, with the exception of we've got the evidence, we caught you red-handed, right? In this case, this is this is like the Justice Smollett uh, non-binary story, if you will. Right? We're supposed to believe that this is this is something that uh, never happened, but now because this person is going to be non-binary, gender fluid, we can't possibly punish this individual, right? Again, this individual had the bag. Britain had the bag for three plus weeks before deciding, oh, you know what? Maybe this isn't my bag because he allegedly called authorities two hours later and apologized for not, quote unquote, being completely honest, adding that he took the bag thinking it was his in a state of exhaustion. The complaint also alleges Britain realized it wasn't his bag after opening up at the hotel, at which point he, quote unquote, got nervous and didn't know what to do. That is a wholly unplausible scenario in any way, shape, or form. Even if you, quote-unquote, don't know what to do, the simple thing would be to contact the airport and ask them, what do you want me to do? If it was truly just a mistake. Except for it wasn't just a mistake. Britain allegedly told authorities that he removed the clothes from the suitcase in the hotel room and returned to D.C. with the bag because it would have been, <clears throat> quote-unquote, weirder if he had left the bag at the hotel. However, authorities said no clothing was recovered from the hotel room. So, hear me out on this. This gender-fluid, non-binary individual took a woman's clothing, uh, a woman's luggage bag and then stole the contents of the bag and has lied the entire time. The only part of this story that has anything to do with uh, the gender or sex of the individual involved in this is the point in time in which the clothes of the individual with whom this individual stole from are no longer available. Could it be, and hear me out on this, that this individual took those clothes so that they could wear them? Hmm. Let me, let me deeply think on this story. This story is insane in and of itself. But again, I ask one question of my right-leaning, libertarian-leaning friends in the media. Why and what does any of this have to do? Why are you highlighting the person's <clears throat> gender? And then what does it have to do with the story? It has literally next to nothing to do with the actual story because the story is a federal employee not only stole something from an American citizen, but lied about it, took it on a joyride for three weeks, and then continued to lie about it. That is the story. A federal employee did something absolutely insane and should be nowhere near the levers of power at the Department of Energy. The story, secondly, is the absolute ass-backwards judgment of people that do the hiring of the Department of Energy to suggest that this individual who has clear issues all you have to do is look at the social media of the individual. 
oh, and also has another criminal background to them. And I'm not saying that a criminal background in and of itself is disqualifying, because I know that intimately. But what I am suggesting is that um, when that criminal background suggests that they would be susceptible to doing terrible, horrible things to people and involves lying, you don't get anywhere near a lever of power in our government. Just, just going to throw that out there. Fraud, deception, abuse, murder, all those types of things should disqualify you from that. But let me ask you a very, very simple question. What the hell does this person's gender status have to do with anything other than getting you into a clickbait headline? There's your answer. It's all about the clickbait. The, the story, you could have written the headline, Department of Energy, uh, Department of Energy employee goes on joyride with somebody else's luggage. Or whatever, however you wanted to put that. I fail to understand how this makes the case, because what the right-leaning and libertarian media are attempting to really do, not just with the clickbait, but also with the narrative that they're spinning, is that somehow this person's gender identity, their sexuality, their sex, had something to do with this. It had, let me be clear on this, absolutely freaking nothing to do with it. The person was just a thief. Sam Britton is an asshole. There's your story. Trying to tie somebody's sexuality or their preference or their gender identity is doing exactly what the gender ideological crowd want you to do what the spirit of the age would like you to do you are buying in and playing in and giving credence and comfort and you are giving them a platform to suggest that this is something we should care about that this is something that is legitimate it is wholly illegitimate. Let me be clear on this. Non-binary doesn't exist. It is not a thing. It is not real. It is not objective truth. It's a feeling. It is subjective reality. You didn't just be, you were not born non-binary. You were not born trans. You were not born this, that, or the other thing. These are things that you think, feel, and in large part, today, especially as we look at the numbers and the explosion of this, are groomed into. And this is something, and this is a subject that I have talked about time and time again on this program. When I speak to friends, when I speak to acquaintances, when I have the occasion to ask, how did people find this out or know this about themselves? Nine times out of 10, it is a story that begins with, I met a man or a woman in their 30s. I was 15 and I felt something. Oh, you mean you were groomed? Because that's exactly, well, see, I was groomed into the lifestyle or 
I figured it out. I had these tendencies to want this before, and then this person helped me figure it out. If it was totally natural, totally obvious, totally something that you knew about and were acting upon, why did somebody have to groom you into it? You see, when we engage in heterosexual activities, sure, you could say that there's there's pornography and, and other things out there that can show you how to do things, but it's a natural act. I, a man and a woman or a, you know, a teenage boy and a teenage girl could interact with each other having never seen porn and figure that out because it's natural. It's just not natural in most of these settings. Again, when I talk to the vast, vast majority, it is the same story. It is somebody way older than them introducing them to a lifestyle, quote unquote. Oh, those are the, I think, I think I feel those things. No, it's a confusion in your brain during adolescence for a lot of people, by the way, who think and, and feel weird things throughout adolescence and figure out, oh, wait, that's not natural and that's not normal. You're playing their game. You are playing into their hands, suggesting there's legitimacy in a non-binary status. No, there's not. And it, by the way, has nothing again to do with this story. Nothing. So other than your ability to get a headline and to get people to talk about it like me, right? Well, I'm supposed to highlight this story as a story of those bastard non-binary people. What? What? No, it has to do with Sam Britton, the individual, the person, the dude, because this is a dude. Being an asshole, stealing luggage while under the employ of the federal government vis-a-vis -vis our tax dollars. So yeah, I have a right to know this story. I have a right to be pissed off about this story. I have a right to say this guy doesn't belong anywhere near a federal office. But it has nothing to do with whatever bullshit subjective reality they want to live in. And if you give credence to that, you're part of the problem. Now, having said that, let's go and take a look at uh, some truths from Steve Dace earlier this week, because I think they really kind of hit on um, some themes and some topics that we haven't been able to dive into yet on this show. So let's go ahead and take a look at the uh, the Dace tweet here. And again, there's going to be five of these, and I want to talk through them in some brevity, but also a little bit deeper. So first, we have things you already knew but have now been confirmed the past week. Number one, Apple is an arm of the CCP. Again, Apple is the arm, is an arm of the CCP. Now, this is part and parcel of a Elon Musk story as well as an Apple story as well as the Chinese protest stories. You know, yesterday we talked about Canada and Justin Trudeau deciding to come out and deride and 
and decry the the Chinese treatment of peaceful protesters, never mind what they did to the truckers who protested peacefully by and large. Only with provocation did violence take place. So it's part and parcel that, but it's this, right? Here's the reality of Apple. Its business is wholly dependent upon China in two ways. So you have to understand two things. Number one, manufacturing and the assemblage of the iPhone, right? This, this thing right here. This, this little thing right here, this iPhone, right? Okay. The assemblage of that, the assemblage of this computer that is helping to disseminate the show. All of those things happen in China. So on the one hand, Apple has a vested interest in making sure that the wheels of that economic engine turn well. But it's not just that the assembly of all of their products happens there. It is that this is a market in which this business feels and sees its greatest growth. Apple has a growing large presence in the largest country in the world when it comes to the population. It has largely saturated the market. People who are Apple people are Apple people. Who People who are PC people are PC people, Android, iPhone, blah, 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 here in America. Their growth opportunity, because again, if you're not growing, you're dying as a business. If, if the numbers stay stagnant, you're in trouble. If they start declining, you're really in trouble. But when you have plateaued, when you have peaked at the amount of saturation of your product in one area... You must find a new area for that product to grow or a new product to be developed. A new way of getting that consumer money. And the way in which the a company at Apple, the, the way in which Tim Cook believes that to be possible is to go to the world's largest population center and make sure that we go from 5% to 25% saturation of our products in, the, in that country. And in order to do so, what do they have to do? Well, the other big story is that Apple disengaged, um, disallowed, you know, kind of took off the, the radar, the airdrop function on iPhones and other Apple products inside China. Why did they do it? They did it because this was how people were communicating as protesters, getting around the censorship of text messages or the watchful eye of text messages. Because if I airdrop something to somebody else in the area, we're the only two people that know about it. It was a genius idea vis-a-vis -vis the protesters. But over in China... Apple has made the conclusion, has drawn the conclusion that it is best to play ball with the Chinese Communist Party 
in order for their products to be continually sold, thus making them more and more money, while also greasing the economic wheels in which their products are produced. May I suggest that deciding that your products are produced in just one nation, in one area, or whatever have you, is a dumb business strategy in and of itself? May I also suggest that your biggest problem is kowtowing to authoritarianism? Yet over here in America, you know, where we have freedom of speech and thought and, and all that wonderful goodness, right? We have the Bill of Rights, which they don't have in China. Over here, you are attempting to use your monopolistic powers to tell another company how it should or shouldn't operate. And I wanted to dive into this topic a little bit more because I'm not totally sure that I buy the argument of some libertarians, um, but especially the leftists in this country, that Apple is a, is a private, well, it's a public company, okay? That's number one. Twitter is a private company. That Apple has a right to decide whom is or isn't on its app store. Now, I will say this, it does have a right to make sure that legal obligations are adhered to, but Apple does not have a right to dictate to another company that other company's speech policies. Again, it is already illegal to threaten somebody with death. It is already illegal to literally say, go kill yourself, or I'm going to kill you on Twitter. That's already an illegal act. You can go to <clears throat> federal pound me in the ass prison for something like that. You can go to Statesville. You can go to whatever. You can go to your state prison system for that. It's already there in law. It is up to the individual to make the complaint. It is up to law enforcement to follow through on that. You are correct on that. But let me ask you this. If Apple only allows people access to their products vis-a-vis -vis one system, the App Store, is that not crushing and crushing dissent and freedom of speech? Oh, they don't like the fact that this rule exists or that rule exists. This is not about the enforcement of coding and best business practices. This is not about, hey, wait a second, this has a bunch of spyware on it, or hey, wait a second, this doesn't meet uh, coding luster, or this doesn't meet you know, whatever standard exists in terms of how the app or the product is, is given to the public. They're now attempting to dictate policy of another company. They are now attempting to tell another company how their consumers should or shouldn't be able to behave. That's a problem. They're, they're crushing dissent and free speech in China, but they're also doing it here, or at least potentially attempting to do that, if you believe Elon Musk. I don't know what the real story is. 
is Twitter really under threat of being pulled from the Apple App Store? That doesn't mean that you can't use the product, by the way, on your iPhone. It just means that it can't be newly downloaded. Yes, Apple has a right to set standards of coding, of making sure that you know malicious um, spyware, malware, all that sort of stuff, all of the the engineering of the product, right? The app or whatever is going on to the app store, right? Apple has a responsibility to make sure that that there are some guideposts when it comes to that. Absolutely, they do. That's enforcing standards and practices. But you don't get to dictate speech. You don't get to dictate how a user will or won't use the app um, that is downloaded. Once it's downloaded, Apple has no responsibility. Shouldn't. So we want app. We're supposed to believe that Apple is this bastion of great Americanism. It is quelling dissent in free speech in China, doing the bidding of the CCP while also acting the same way potentially here in America. And then they want to tell us, oh, we're a great American company. Here's the rub. I am an Apple person. I love Apple products. They are fantastic. They work well. They're great for creators. I find PC, I find Windows, I find Android to be cumbersome, to be clunky, to be weird. But 85% of Americans who own smartphones own an Apple. 85% of them own an iPhone. So how do we break away from this? You can't. At least not yet. That's why somebody like Elon Musk or anybody needs to invent a new phone, a new operating system, a new way uh, a new PC system, whatever have you. We're not talking about Linux either. It needs to be in an entire ecosystem from your computer, whether that's a desktop, a laptop, a tablet, whatever. There needs to be a third entrant into the, into the arena. One that is actually good. Linux is terrible, by the way. It is a very clunky system. It is very hard. But we need another avenue, another area in which we can compete. So either that comes from demonopolizing the ability for you to upload or download or however you want to do it, um, apps onto your iPhone, or we need to create a true actual competitor with some economic heft behind it to the iPhone because the Google Pixel ain't it, Android ain't it, and Google is just as bad, talking about the dragnet, the geotagging dragnet, and I'll, I'll talk about that tomorrow as my worst story of the week, by the way, but I want you to think about this. What are you supposed to do? There is no real alternative when you are hooked into one system or the other. There's no third way. There's no com real competitor to the iPhone. There's no real competitor to the iPad, to the iWatch. There's none. Doesn't exist. 
They have a virtual monopoly in the smartphone industry. Now, it's largely because the product is freaking fantastic. I wish they would do some updates um, in, 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 and be ahead of the update curve because it is true that in some cases, the Android phones, the Samsungs, the, the Google Pixels are a little bit ahead when it comes to technology. But man, these are some fine machines. Having said that, though, let's go ahead and get into the second uh, part of this on the day's tweet. Number two is that corporate media is an arm of the CCP. I would happen to partially agree with this. I think that we see this in how they have not pushed back, have not allowed the true unfolding of what took place with the origins of COVID-19 and, and what's been going on. Now, it's been nice and convenient for them when the Chinese protesters are getting beat up for them to seem like they're on the side of the Chinese people, just like they seem to be on the sides of the Iranian people and, and you know, those seeking freedom across the world. But they have worked very, very hard, and especially the Disneys of the world, especially the movie studios of this world especially the news broadcast of this world, to not upset the CCP, to kowtow, bow down, bend over backwards, whatever euphemism you would like to use to the CCP. That's, that's 100% true. I agree. This is what we have found out. The media is an arm of the CCP. Kind of knew that all along. Thirdly on this list, corporate media is Fauci's accomplice. Corporate media is Fauci's accomplice. Duh. That's why they have them on the Sunday shows all the time. And the media, with the exception of a few people, have largely not been ones to push back, have not been ones to challenge the authority of the good old, the science trademark, the truth registered trademark, our Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci. They haven't been doing that very often. And when they do, notice what happens to Fauci. He gets gruff, he gets mad, he gets mean, he gets nasty with these individuals because how dare you challenge my authority? Ew-re-he-healy. All right, so number four on this list. Free speech slash debate is anathema to the spirit of the age. I think this isn't something that we just found out this week, though, by the way. I am pretty sure this has been known for a very long time. Yes, free speech and debate is anathema to the spirit of the age. It is anathema to the spirit of the age because why? Well, it's not just anathema, it's antithetical. But let me just do it this way. Because anathema, what does it mean, right? It's something or someone that is vehemently disliked. Free speech and free debate is anathema to the spirit of the age. Yes, because the spirit of the age demands allegiance, allegiance, bend the knee, bow down to the spirit of the age, live the spirit of the age, live that demonic life or else. And therefore, anybody who dares to open a platform a la Twitter or open up Getter, or whatever. Those are 
to be derided. Those are to be de depressed or suppressed. Those companies must bend the knee to authoritarianism. Those companies must bend the knee to the spirit of the age or else. It's absolutely true. Because if you have free speech and free and open debate, you have free thinking. You have growth. You have people being exposed to ideas that are antithetical to the spirit of the age, antithetical to hellish thoughts. A great example of this is the ability of people to freely think through their religious side of things. The ability of people to freely think about the biblical version of sexuality. You can't do that today. How dare you believe that marriage, that sacred word, by the way, that is, that you can't think that, you can't say that, you can't breathe that. Oh no, marriage is sacred, and thus it is between a man and a woman. And that, yes, your <clears throat> civil union, your union between a man and a man, or a woman and a woman, or a thruple, or whatever the bullshit is coming down the pipeline thanks to the quote-unquote Respect for Marriage Act, is not on the same plane as my marriage. It ain't, because your marriage don't do shit for society. Your union is just a union. You can't procreate or have the ability to potentially procreate. No, you don't, because that would require you two dudes to somehow sprout something else and then have all the the bits and, and all of the the chemistry and and all of the the bio it is impossible as much as the scientism of america would like you to believe that all right so we know that we absolutely know that free speech and free debate are anathema this is something that the spirit of the spirit of the age absolutely hates because it demands allegiance. It demands that bending of the knee, the bowing down all the time. And then fifth, Disney is no longer the golden goose. I, I, I don't know why anybody thought Disney was a golden goose to begin with, but this is 100% true because Disney attempted to whitewash, if you will, the the Chazik or Chazik or whatever, however you want to pronounce it, era, by rehiring Bob Iger as the CEO of, of Disney. Here's the issue. Bob Iger is the man who started down this road. And Bob Iger is the man who got up in an interview this week after it was announced that he is taking over as the CEO, and basically said, yeah, no, we, we've been woke, we're going to stay woke, and we're just going to make sure that those woke messages are just toned down just a little bit so that they become, quote-unquote, palatable again to the American public. But 
you would think that Disney would see the the signs, would read the tea leaves of the economic missteps that they've made when it comes to trying to shove the spirit of the age down the throat of the American public, and most importantly, the kids. You would think that they would listen to the consumer who tells them, oh, hell no, time and again when it comes to these things. But nah, they have not just doubled down, they have tripled down, and Bob Iger says, come at me, bro. On the one hand, I respect the shit out of that. And why do I respect it? Because that's exactly what those of us who believe in Christ, those of us who practice Christianity, who actually actively practice that, should be saying, come at me, bro. I'm here. I'm not going away. We're the counterculture. Suck on that. Join in the love of Jesus Christ. Join in the love of God our Father. Are we doing that? No. Instead, we're largely cowering in fear. Fear of the state. Fear of the government. Fear of police and fear of what the state can do to us. Have we learned nothing from the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross? And we may have to suffer for the glory of God to reign again. Be bold, be brave, be out there. Say, come at me, bro. Put it into practice. A great example of this was actually something that I read on Twitter the other day. And it was in response to the quote-unquote Respect for Marriage Act and its lack of individual protection. This is the biggest issue that I have with the Respect for Marriage Act. It creates an individual action. It creates an... in Somebody can go and attack an individual for their practice of their faith. Okay, that's the problem here. Even in Amendment 7, the amendment that was added on under the Senate bill, it says nothing of the individual except for an individual or a group could, uh, could not go after a faith-based institution. It could not go after, let's say, the Catholic Church or a Catholic Adoption Agency or whatever have you. It says nothing of that individual not being able to go after the Catholic who is practicing their faith vis-a-vis, I don't know, the Catholic charity, the Catholic uh, adoption agency. It says nothing of that. In fact, it actually creates the ability in full faith and credit of the United States government, the civil and criminal ability for an individual to be targeted. That's the problem that exists. There, in, in reality, we have not created any protection for practice of faith. It's just that the institution wouldn't be able to be gone after. Well, and, and that's even on shakier ground as well. If you actually read Amendment 7, which I highly suggest you do, you can go back to a previous episode here on this program and read it. 
come at me, bro, would be this type of an action that I saw on Twitter. The suggestion, okay, um, I'll bake the cake, right? The, the whole idea of the masterpiece cake theater situation, right? Because you know this is going to happen. You know what's coming down the pipeline here as soon as this becomes codified law. Within three days, I guarantee you that in a place like Iowa or Arkansas or Alabama or Colorado or elsewhere, they are going to target specific faith-based people who won't perform this or won't do this action. They're going to attempt to do this in red, 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 red America. They're going to attempt to say, ha, you are not respecting my marriage. And therefore, because you won't exercise what I want you to exercise in your private life, you're going to get sued. That's what's going to happen. So, yeah, you know what you do? Here's what the, the tweet basically suggested. Okay, I'll bake the cake, but that, and then don't say anything to them. And then when they show up with that cake, it just says abomination on it. Hey, man, I baked you a cake. It just so happened I made a simple mistake, man. I, I, I don't know how that happened. That was meant for the devil worshiper down the street. Oops, I'm sorry. Because that's exactly what they are asking us to do. This isn't eye for an eye, by the way. This is simply saying you want to play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes. Come at me, bro. Bring it on. Let's have at it, Hoss. And with that, folks... You just have me for one more day by myself this week. Tomorrow, it is a Fish Fry Friday on the program. Of course, it'll feature the fryer, the worst of the, of the week, my best story of the week. And we'll crown a brand new Richard of the Week as well. Until then, please be safe, be smart, be kind. And as always, make sure you're eating all your meals. Matthew 547. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.